Hello and welcome. My name's Pete Rushmer and I'm your host today of a Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners and professionals just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success or you're already smashing it but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. Just real, raw and frank conversations. My curiosity and impatience in seeking success has encouraged me to create a Half Dozen Things podcast. I designed it to bring you simplicity and discovery back to the forefront of your lives. We're all such busy people, it's easy to overlook the simple things we could be doing to achieve wealth, success and happiness. If you love today's podcast, please do share it, subscribe and let all your friends know how great the podcast is. Thank you. Hi, I'm super excited to be joined today by Matt O'Day. He's from Cleveland, Ohio, and from cancer to coma, Matt is a stage 3 testicular cancer survivor who's faced multiple near-death experiences and is now a keynote inspirational speaker that shares his message and story to help individuals transform their setbacks into their superpowers, guiding them to share their story and message to take back control of their life and impact those in need. He's an absolutely amazing guest. I really hope you enjoy today's episode. And please do give us some feedback. Let us know what you think and uh, catch up with you soon. Take care. Red light is rolling, Matt. Thank you for joining me, buddy. Thanks for having me, Peter. I really appreciate you having me on. It's a real, real pleasure having you on. So to the listeners, this is actually take two. So Matt and I recorded uh, our first podcast like, I don't know, like three or four weeks ago, I think. And when I went to save it, I lost it on my old laptop, uh, which was a disaster. So I've learned <laughs> learned from my mistakes and I'm saving to the cloud now. So Matt's kindly agreed to re-record. And that first one was awesome, but we're going to absolutely nail it this time for you guys, right? All right. Second time's the charm. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? So Matt, do you mind just introducing yourself? Because you're an absolute rock star. So just explain to the guys who are listening sort of a, a bit about you and your background, yeah. what have you, man? Thanks. Appreciate you building me up a little bit. Um, so yeah, so I'm actually from the US. I am 28 years old. Four years ago, at the age of 24, I was diagnosed with stage 3C testicular cancer, which is the highest form of testicular cancer. At the time, I was a personal trainer um, working out six, seven days a week. And um, what they had found was um, one day I ended up waking up and puking up blood. And they rushed me to the emergency room and found out that I had lost two thirds of the blood circulating in my body, which is equivalent to actually a gun wound shot. So they ended up giving me six bags of blood, put me into an emergency surgery to figure out what was going on with the bleeding. And the next day it came out and they found an 11 centimeter tumor in my small intestine. That's where they rushed me to the main campus of the Cleveland Clinic, which is one of the top hospitals in the US. And they found out that I had cancer. Immediately after that, I was put on five rounds of what's called BEP, 
which is um, very intense rounds of chemotherapy. Within a week, I lost my hair. You know, I was couldn't get out of bed. Um, all the for anybody who knows somebody who's been in chemo, or if you have gone through chemo, you know the side effects. And mine was um, everything and. And to make matters worse, um, I ended up losing my three-year-old puppy in the middle of cancer because um, he was diagnosed with cancer uh, about six months before me. It was a mental, mental battle I had to overcome. And then after I was done with chemo, the real complications in my life happened. I ended up having to have a 12-hour surgery to remove my uh, tumor. But the problem was, was it was wrapped around what was called my inferior vena cava. Now, your inferior vena cava is a central vein that goes from the bottom of your upper body to your heart. It's where all the blood flow goes in. Well, I end up having to remove that, that vena cava and um, with the tumor and the rest of the cancer because the cancer is spread all over my body to you know my lungs and everywhere. The only place it didn't go was really my brain, which was, thank God. And um, you know after the surgery, I end up having massive swelling in my stomach where I dropped about 40 pounds throughout chemo. So it was about 140 pounds. Coming out of the surgery, I was closer to 190 pounds with all the swelling in my stomach. I had stitches from my left hip to my right. And within two weeks, um, I ended up getting back or rushed back into the emergency room where they had to drain seven liters of fluid out of my stomach, to, which caused me to go into complete kidney and liver failure. I was in a coma for two weeks. Um, I, they thought I was going to be on dialysis the rest of my life. I had a cone drilled inside my head to relieve brain swelling. I had you know, um, breathing tubes, every wire hooked to, to my body that you could imagine. And long story short, I ended up being in the ICU for over 40 days. I was in the Cleveland Clinic for 53 days, a week out of my coma. I ended up going into cardiac arrest, going back into another one-week coma. I ended up having five surgeries on my stomach in a matter of 35 days. And the last surgery that they did was called an open wound surgery, where they ended up having to, they couldn't close my skin back up because they did too many surgeries on me. So I had to leave a football-sized um, open wound with a mesh on it, which lasted an entire year for me to heal. And, you know, eventually when I was released from the hospital, I dropped down to 110 pounds. I had to completely relearn to um, walk again. I had to relearn to live my entire life again. And for about two years, it was all about figuring out how do I take care of my mind and my body? How am I going to take care of myself first? And through a lot of support, a lot of faith, a lot of my health and fitness background, it just took me doing one little thing every single day to better myself, to get me to where I needed to be. And after that, about two years later, um, after being released from the hospital, I kind of sat down and I was like, I didn't go through all this for nothing. You know, this didn't just happen out of the blue. And, you know, I said, well, what's my next step in life? Where do I go? And um, this might be something that you might be thinking of. You don't have to go through something tragic like me, but you've gone through an experience in your life that's changed your um, perspective, that's changed your view on life. And that's exactly what it did for me. And I said, I need to get around people that are going to help me get to my destination. So I started finding motivational speakers. I started finding successful entrepreneurs. And all of a sudden, they kept telling me, Matt, you need to get your story out there. You need to get your story out there. So I said, okay. How am I going to do this? So I started to um, look at speakers and eventually I became a motivational speaker. And then in addition, they're like, well, how can you also monetize that? How can you make that even bigger than you're just speaking? And I said, well, I can do coaching as well. There's other survivors out there. There's other people who are going through challenging experiences in their life that need to find that next step after what they've gone through, something traumatic or something life-changing. And, 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 you know, I want to be that person that guides them, the person that gives them the mindset that gives them the direction that gives them the actionable steps to take to figuring out what their purpose is and then using it to help other people. That's just my quick two, three minute version of, of what I've went through and uh, super grateful to be here. And, um, you know, I love sharing my story and hopefully I can help your audience throughout, you know, throughout yeah, this. Man. 
Mate, it's it's just incredible. You're an absolute inspiration to have, have come through and faced the adversity you've had and, and still have like a positive outlook on life and and, and still have your faith and, and, and what have you. It's just incredible really that you've just not some some listeners will know that, you know, I my my story's not not as um or my I was ill and it was life threatening and, and I'm lucky to be here still. But um, you know, it took me years, it took me so many so much time to just sort of get my head around stuff. So um, you know, your your resilience and, and mental resilience, I think, is um, is incredible, mate, to be honest. It's absolutely incredible. And I, I look at how long it took me to sort of get my head straight and to be able to talk about stuff. And I, I struggled for ages with that. So, you know, and, and when I say like, you know, four years ago, you were literally like, you know, from a physical point of view, like, you know, how, how you've sort of overcome that. It's, uh, you know, like I say, it's like 10, 12 years for me. It was incredible. So for, for you to have uh, got to the stage where you're at and to feel comfortable talking about things, it, it's, it's awesome, really. So tell me about how physically it must have had such an impact with you. And, and we'll get come on to the half dozen things in a bit. So for people who, who are listening, we're going to talk a lot about mental health and anxiety, panic attacks, depression, PTSD, having purpose in life, and then mental and physical health. But um, one of the things that I wanted to, to sort of really understand because i knew that i struggled with this so i think you'll relate to it and that is that you know when you're a young man and particularly for you as a pt as well like your identity as a healthy person that's really really challenged by obviously what happened and and almost feeling like you're becoming like a science experiment you know Mm -hmm. literally your body has become a science experiment over time and it's like oh my god like how am i going to get through this and and what have you so tell me a bit about sort of how that felt and how you sort of now identify with yourself sort of from a physical point of view yeah you know when i first got diagnosed with cancer um like I said, you're right. I was a personal trainer. I was working out six days a week. I was eating the right foods. And to have my life just take a total 180 on me, um, it was so easy to become a victim in that situation. I could have so easily at that time when I received that news said, why is this happening to me? You know, I, I love saying these on my, on my podcast. My favorite saying is everything in life happens for you, not to you. And the reason what helped me so much with not letting cancer and not letting my you know, past dictate my happiness or dictate my future was I stopped saying, why did cancer happen to me? Start making excuses, start blaming other people, start, you know, having this pity party of something I can't control. I, it happened and I have to deal with the consequences. Instead, I said, how did this happen for me? And even though it's totally unfair, which a lot of circumstances in our life are totally unfair, but I'm still breathing. I'm still on this earth. So how is this a lesson to help push me forward? while I'm still here. I don't know how much longer I have at that time. I didn't know. I mean, when you're diagnosed with cancer, you have no idea. And for me to have the highest stage, I really didn't know I, you know, how long I had. So I just said, how can I make an impact in myself and the people around me, the people I love and the people who need to hear my message? And how can I learn from these challenging experiences in my life? And it really shifted my mindset to saying, I'm not going to focus on what, what could have I done or why am I not in great shape anymore? And I started focusing on what's today? What can I do today? to get myself to be better tomorrow. What can I do tomorrow? Well, the next day being present is really what I'm trying to say. Being present in the moment and figuring out what is one little thing I can do today to better myself for tomorrow. So that's really helped me. Yeah. And that's so important, you know, particularly when we look at this in the context of, of life itself, you know, like, 
uh, they say, how do you eat an elephant? Well, you know, you can eat an elephant, but you just have to eat it a bit at a time. And and it's just sort of focusing on the here and now and what you can achieve as we, as, as we speak. You know, I remember when I was poorly, and uh, I know you'll have heard this story before. When I, when I was poorly, I um, there was a song come on from M People. Have you heard of the M People over there? Have you ever heard of them? Do you know who that is? I don't think no. so. If I, they're a British if band, I to be fair. Them. Yeah, yeah, so the M stands for Manchester. So in, in okay. the UK, we've got a ta- big town called Manchester. You've probably heard yeah. of Manchester United. I've heard of Manchester. Yeah? Oh, yeah, absolutely, especially yeah. the soccer team. So. Yeah, exactly, right. So, um, yeah, so M people, and uh, the song was What Have You Done? I, I can't remember the exact title of the song, but the words are along the lines of what you've done today to make yourself feel proud. And that was that was really resonated with me at the time because for me, as I laid in the hospital bed and I had tubes coming out and they were breathing for me and, you know, I'm like 18 and I'm like, I can't move, I can't walk, I can't stand up and I just think life's coming to an end or what? why has this happened to me? Like you're saying, why has this happened to me? And I think, you know, I've got to turn this around and how am I going to turn this around? Because I'm not just going to get up and go play football tomorrow like I used to or, or soccer. And uh, what am I going to do? And, and like you say, it's just taking it a step at a time, bit by bit, and you just sort of rebuild your life over time. But I think, um, you know, it, it's one thing sort of the physical impact, but then it's like the mental impact on the other side, I think can kind of take a bit more time to sort of overcome. Like how long... How long have you been better now sort of physically? And are you able yeah. to sort of get back to exercise? Are you, are you reg- regularly exercising again and doing stuff yeah. like that? Yeah, real quick before I get to the exercise, um, I do want to say that there are plenty of times where I went to a victim mentality. There are plenty of times where I had tons of mental struggles. So anybody listening right now, I want to let you know that I'm no different than how you were feeling. I want to let you know that I had a lot of ups and downs. There was tons of times where I'm ready to give up on myself, where I'm ready to give in. But the number one thing that helped me was my faith. And when I say faith, I mean, I believe in God, but like, I'm not pushing, you know, faith on anybody. I'm saying faith is in belief in whatever you believe in. And number two is relying on my support. Whoever I had closest to me that I needed support. And this can tie into my fitness as well. You know, um, when I was first starting my fitness journey, I, I was 110 pounds coming out of that hospital. And within two weeks, I was actually back in the hospital because I did fall in that victim mentality. I didn't want to go to the physical therapy because I didn't have the doctors and nurses constantly keeping me accountable anymore. So I just didn't want to get up. I didn't want to have to do the things that I wanted to do. And all of a sudden I went to the hospital with um, a standing resting heartbeat of 150 beats per minute. I had a blood pressure through the roof. My temperature was over 104 degrees. I had to stay there for an entire week. And when I came back, I remember sitting down with my girlfriend, which if you want, we can talk a little bit about it, but she's basically my rock throughout this entire journey. And so are my parents, but we had this big, deep discussion of like, listen, your health right now needs to be a number one priority. And if you cannot take care of your health, you may not be here next week. You may not be here next month. I can't guarantee it. And it was just a discussion we had to have. It wasn't like, you know, a mean discussion. And so what I did was I did one thing I, the next day, I literally picked up a five pound dumbbell and I started doing bicep curls. So this is good for anybody on that fitness journey right now. That's looking to better themselves. And they're like, I have no idea where to start. Just do something. I literally couldn't barely even walk. I had to take like 10 steps. All I did was I picked up a five pound dumbbell and I started doing bicep curls. You know, I did the next day, I did the same exact thing. And then I progressed a little bit. I maybe add a little weight or I did different exercise or I walked a little bit further. I ate a little bit healthier And yes, it took a long time. It took a full year from just my wound and my stomach to heal. And it took about two years for me to fully get my strength back to where now I am able to work out. I mean, I literally, I just got back from a walk. I do four to five mile walk every day. 
I also do five days of lifting as well. So I do double workouts five days a week. So for anybody out there who is struggling right now and feels like they, they can't even get up off the couch, I just want to let you know, you just need to get started because I started with five pound dumbbells and now I'm able to walk five miles a day and every single day and I'm able to lift five days a week and I feel absolutely amazing. I feel incredible, but it takes time. You don't just do that overnight. Just like any entrepreneur out there, you don't just become a multimillionaire with hundreds of employees and all these people impacted. You have to start from ground zero and you have to work your way up and it's just as much up here as it is in your entire body as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So tell me, um, the first area that we wanted to talk about was um, was anxiety. But before we move on to that, tell me tell me a bit more about your. I know, I know your girlfriend; she's had a big impact on stuff. So tell, tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, yeah. Because I went through a lot of anxiety. I went through a lot of depression. I went through a lot of PTSD. So my girlfriend, um, her name's Lauren, and we. This is a really cool story. I'll just share a brief story of it. Um, whenever I do my keynote speeches, I always start off with the day that I met her, which is actually March seventeenth, two thousand seventeen. It was St. Patrick's Day. I was 24 years old. And at the time, you know, we met, we were, um, you know, we started dating sometime in the summer. And when I was diagnosed in, in August, we were only dating for two months. And to put that burden on her, I was like, if she wants to make up with me, totally fine. I totally get it. She was the total opposite. She was like, I'm sticking with you to the end, no matter what happens. And that was so vital. It was so key to where I was, you know, you know, trying to get to my recovery. She would sleep over during all my chemo sessions while I was in the hospital for 53 days. She stayed every single day in that hospital. She slept at a hotel in the hospital, would wake up, come see me. I couldn't even talk for probably 35 of the 53 days. And she would just sit, sit there, go to work, come back, do the same thing. Never went out with her friends, anything. And the day I was released from that hospital after 53 days was March 17th of 2017, exactly one year from when I met her. And for me, just say, oh, that's just a random date. No, I believe that for me, God put her in my life so that we could be together so she could be my guiding angel. And my question to you is like, there, ha- there, there is most likely one person, you know, I had amazing support too. Like I said, my parents, friends, but just talking about her, who is that one person in your life? I want to ask you this question. Who's that one person in your life that no matter what you go through, you know, they're going to be there for you through sickness, through troubles, through financial difficulties, you can rely on them. And my thing is, is don't, don't just take that person for granted. A lot of times we do, we don't appreciate them in our life sometimes. Or if we do, we're too afraid to ask for help, especially you men, especially you men out there. I just want to say this real quick. So many of us men are afraid to open up. And I was too for two years. Didn't want to say anything. I was so self-conscious. I was so worried. Didn't want to express my feelings. But start with somebody that you trust. Start with somebody that you care about. You don't have to go on what I'm doing. You just start with somebody you care about. And that's the importance of my girlfriend being in my life. I was able to open up to her. I was able to share my insecurities, my scar, how I was feeling. And she was able to help me kind of, you know, get through that situation. That's, I had a lot of anxiety. I had a lot of PTSD. I had so many mental health issues that she was able to help me with. So, you know, if there's that one person in your life that, you know, is there for you and you know that they're going to be there, please, please, please use them when you're going through difficult times. And if there isn't, I promise you, there's more, so many people out there that are willing to help you find groups, find anybody. There are people there that want to help. So yeah, hundred percent, and that's uh, that's that's such an important thing because when you come across adversity like that, you're really going to struggle if you try and do it on your own and don't open up and talk to people about stuff, right? It's a lonely journey, super lonely. Yeah, yeah, it can it can really feel that way, and it can be really um, it can be really really 
really challenging. So tell me a little bit, obviously on that journey, you've, you've had a good support network, which has made a big difference, right? But tell me a bit about sort of as you've returned to normality, how you felt, a bit about maybe anxiety and, and sort of, did you have any anxiety or, or challenges sort of before you were poorly yeah. or has it been more sort of since? So before I met Lauren, um, I had massive panic attacks when I was in my younger, like even younger 20s, about 22. So two years before I was diagnosed with cancer for an entire year, for anybody who's going through extreme anxiety, I know what it feels like. You wake up, it's not just you have random panic attacks, but you know, you wake up in anxious mood. You wake up, things are fuzzy, things are just not clear in your day. All you can constantly think about is your anxiety. All you can think about is when is the panic attack going to happen today? When is my situation going to be worse? And I had that for a year straight. And I had to, so I started reading books. I started, I didn't want to go on medicine. For some people, totally understand you need to be on medication and it's totally fine. For me, I wanted to go the route of not being medicated and really tried to focus on naturally healing myself. And I was luckily able to do that through a lot of practices, a lot of work, a lot of reading different books to help me guide through my anxiety. And um, it did not happen overnight. Like I said, nothing happens overnight, no success. So for me, it was just daily actions of saying, okay, I know I'm going to feel anxious tomorrow, but how can I control like maybe five or 10 minute splits of me just totally trying to get out of all the noise. A lot of the, the anxiety comes from our future. Our anxiety comes from constantly creating stories of what could potentially happen and we make them the worst case scenarios possible. And at the end of the day, I said, I'm going to stop. I mean, anytime I feel like I'm creating a story, I'm going to instantly just take a step back, close my eyes, take a deep breath in, take a deep breath out and realize I'm creating this story. This isn't true. This is totally false. And it doesn't maybe work for everybody, but for some people in my meditation can work, visualization can work. So those, those are some things that really helped me at that time. And then obviously when cancer came back, I started getting those anxious feelings again. You know, I did a full year and I was feeling fine, but I, I didn't have it where it was like constantly every day because I learned my techniques and stuff like that. But of course, when you get the news or you're going in for chemo or gosh, when I had my 12 hour surgery, all of these things. So for me, that's when my faith and my support really came into play too. So not just my techniques, but being able to share, being able to open up when I was able to open up and, and literally tell people exactly how I was feeling. You, you almost get this baggage on your shoulder that you're just carrying around with you. Everywhere you go, you're just carrying around. Every time you don't say something, it just gets worse, and it's just another pound added to your weight, another pound added to your shoulder. And when you finally are able to release it to somebody, it slowly diminishes. It slowly lets go. And I'm not saying it's a cure-all, but for me, that, that's what really helps is being able to talk to people, being able to um, express my feelings and, and really using my faith to, to kind of get through that. Yeah, I got you. And interesting, obviously, with a lot of our listeners being in the UK, what's um, what's the attitude like over uh, over with yourselves in the US, like towards mental health and towards like medication and that sort of thing? Like, is it is it something that people will often have medication for? Or? Yes, I have a I have a couple of really good friends who are on depression medication, and it's very serious over here. Mental health, I think, around the world, you're going to find out over these next few years. In my opinion. A lot of these diseases, including cancer, I'm not, cancer can be very genetic. I'm not going to lie about that, but I'm going to tell you right now, some of these diseases, including cancer, can have a huge effect on our stress levels, on our anger, on our mental health. So I think we need to all keep learning to keep, take this super serious. And the more I keep doing research, the U.S. is very, very big on mental health. Like we're, yes, I think sometimes we may be a little quick to give medication, 
to some people. I, I can't, I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to be the one to tell you, yes, it's too soon or too not. I have seen some friends where I'm like worried because they might be overdosed on certain things because doctors or some people might be willing to, to give them medicine so quickly that, um, they're overdosing because they're just constantly taking this medicine. It's, it's messing with their, their hormones and their mind and, and whatever else that includes with these mental health issues. And, um, but at the end of the day, some people absolutely need to be on medication and some people can do it naturally. But I, I know for a fact the U S is taking this very seriously and with everything COVID with um, our election coming up. Oh my gosh, it's insanity here. Like absolutely insanity every other day. I mean, all our real quick, our entire sports just canceled yesterday. Everyone's like, I'm done. I'm not doing this because, you know, of uh, a shooting with an African-American and a police. And I, I personally don't think everyone read the whole entire story. I don't know the whole thing either, but to cancel every single sports, I don't see how that's solving racism in our, our, um, you know, our country, but maybe, you know, these people have their own right. And I, I'm not African-American, so I can't be the one to say anything about that. But all I'm saying is there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of you know stress right now in our country. And I want to be that voice to kind of give people hope, give people that courage to say, hey, listen, at the end of the day, it all comes down to you. What can you do to better yourself? What can you do? Drown out a lot of that noise. Drown out the media. Drown out what everybody's freaking mm-hmm. out about and focus on yourself and something that you can do every single day to better yourself. And I'm sure it's, it's definitely not just the U.S. It's, it's everywhere. So Yeah, definitely. I, I heard that. To be fair, I heard that story uh, being reported this morning about um, about another African-American being shot. And, you know, I know I know the riots it caused. Even in the U.K., it caused riots. Um, the, the, the last situation and the Black Lives Matter started off the back yeah. of it. And, you know, all sorts of challenges. And to be fair, if people listen back to this podcast, they're going to think, oh my God, this was ages ago if they're listening to it in the future. Right. Obviously, by yeah. talking about it, we're, we're sort of there dating the podcast, right? But it, it's important that it's important that we cover these things. But with your situation and, and sort of as you're getting better and it's, you know, because one of the things I had or one of the challenges I had, which is probably a bit more around PTSD, but after I started to get better, do you, do you get scared that you're going to get ill again? Do you, do you have like sort of flashbacks or do you have, do you have sort of like a worry that that's kind of happened again? You know, I don't anymore, but for the first year and a half to two years I did. And yes, I do when I get my scans for sure. Like I, every year for maybe that week, but this is what happened for that first year and a half to two years. I was letting cancer define me basically. I was letting it dictate not my not just my present day, but my future, my past. I was letting it dictate my happiness. I was letting it dictate a lot of the things in my life because I was focusing on things I couldn't control in my life. Cancer came back, you know, I'm going to get it, it. It'll be caught by one of the scans, but I can't live life in a scarcity mindset all the time, constantly worrying about that. And I did for a couple of years. And what's really helped me was taking my situation and stop letting it be about me and start letting it be about other people. So taking what I went through and learning from it, like I said, everything happens for you. So I learned from my, my um, you know, challenges, I learned from my adversity. And then I started to say, how can I create a purpose out of this to go out and impact other people? When I started putting my challenges in helping others, my focus came off of me. The anxiety, the PTSD, PTSD came off of me and I started to be able to feel fulfilled and happy because I'm giving back. At the end of the day, true happiness, in my opinion, is giving back and be, you know, giving back to the people you love and giving back to the people who you know needs to hear 
your message, needs to hear your story, or needs to hear what you're going through. And, and you don't have to go through something I said, like me. We all have an incredible story in life. Every single one of us, every single one of us is, been, is born to do something great with their life. You just have to figure out what, you're, what makes you happy, what you love, and then you need to go out and just take massive action on it so that you can use it to impact other people. And that's what I did. As I said, I need to use my story to help others. And it, it, it took a lot of that pressure off me. But, you know, when the week comes and I get my blood work, of course, it's very normal to, to be nervous. And I, I just want to get the blood work as soon as possible so I don't have to worry about it. But that, that's what really helped me. Yeah, yeah, I got you. And when you when you say um, so, obviously you're doing a lot of work now, like helping other people. So you're able to sort of tell listeners now, sort of what you do on a day to day basis as you as you're supporting other people because you've you've essentially this is now you, isn't it? This is what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I am also still a personal trainer. And in addition, um, I'm reaching out, I've been doing it. So since I I was hoping to get on a lot of stages this year, but obviously that didn't happen with COVID. So now I've been getting on a lot of Zoom calls. And it's been incredible. I met, you know, individuals such as stuff. we would not have met if COVID didn't happen. 100%. I'm, I can almost guarantee it. You know, it's just incredible to now be able to share my message virtually across the world. It's like, I don't, I can be right here. And we're talking you know, across the freaking Atlantic Ocean. So it's, it's really cool to kind of get to see that aspect of it. So um, my day to day really looks like reaching out to a lot of event coordinators, trying to get on podcasts. And then in addition, I also have clients that I work with, um, who are cancer survivors or individuals who've gone through difficult situations mentally or physically in their life, and they're trying to find that next step. And I've been helping them mentally and physically with uh, their challenges to really take action and overcome a lot of those limiting beliefs. Because when you try to get to somewhere in life, anywhere in life, it all starts up here. And that's one thing I've been working on for the past three and a half years now, because I am three and a half years cancer free. It's been a, it's been a big mind game. So I really want to focus on the mindset, focus on the mental health aspect of things with people and, and really help them get to that next station destination in their life. Yeah, definitely. What a, what a fantastic way to give back as well. So um, yeah, so Tell me a bit about like sort of what you feel is your your purpose. So I feel like I feel like you've kind of had this happen to you or for yeah. you. Sorry. It's, it's happened for you, of course. And it's like how how are you using that to really sort of define you and your journey yeah. as well, aren't you? Yeah. You want to know the crazy part is this is how I look at my purpose. I would say if I had unlimited money, what would I be doing today? Like what would make me happy to be that I could be doing? Like if I had unlimited money for me. I want to eventually start a nonprofit organization where I can help families who have been impacted by young adults and help them financially. Like that's my goal. I want to help families whose young adults have been impacted by cancer and I want to help them with whatever financial situations they've been in. It it gets me very emotional and I wasn't in a really tough financial situation, but I know a lot of people are. And I know that if I can take that stress off of them, then they can focus on what truly matters. A lot of the time I'm telling you that this stress and anxiety comes into play is is the health, but it's also to put into another aspect of having to pay all these medical bills and have to worry about this when your, you know, your child is going through cancer, like just doesn't seem right to me. And I want to be that person that really helps these people. And in addition, I want to be on massive stages. You know, I look at myself as like, you know, whether you like Tony Robbins or not, I look at myself as being an influencer like him, where I can get on not just stages, but build retreats, build retreats with people and have thousands and thousands of people where I have three, five day events and I help change lives. Like that's my goal. You know, it's not just one-on-one coaching. I want to 
reach as many people as possible. So I know eventually I'll get to those two things in, in my life. But right now I'm just taking it day by day, reaching out to as many people as I can, making connections um, and just sharing my story and sharing my voice. And I know this is kind of how it works. You know, it, as an entrepreneur, you this is the line for so many years, so many years. And then all of a sudden you get that one break that just catapults you. And for a lot of us, like I'm still in this, you know, probably right in the middle of this, you know, eating, not to be mean, I mean, I, sorry if I swear, but eating shit, dude, I'm ready. I'm really willing to eat shit for years to get to where I need to be in my life. And, yeah. um, just kind of how I'm viewing things. Yeah. I love that. I love that. What, what a great, what a great outlook as well, because, you know, a lot of people now, uh, struggle with like the resilience element of like, haven't facing some adversity and and things not happening quickly enough for them so they they just keep looking forward and keep looking into the future like um obviously i suppose is it fair to say that you've 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 really built the resilience up over the past few years with the things you've been through which means that you it's almost like you have i don't know do you feel like you've almost got like a bit of a force field around you because you've just got this attitude right a little bit yeah i oh i have a lot of insecurities don't get me wrong i'm gonna share it real quick i really care what other people think of me still i'm afraid to post on social media sometimes if i don't think my video is good enough i have self-doubts every single day about what i'm doing i mean i'm like everybody else i'm no different than any of you but i'm willing to fail that's the big thing are you willing to fail how i look at it is failure is feedback not failure is a bad thing failure is feedback i fail fast and every no that I get gets me closer to one yes. So I look, I'd rather get 100 no's to get one yes than to never even try and regret the rest of my life. And for a lot of you who are like, I don't even know my purpose, no clue. That's okay. I don't know my purpose fully either. I, I, I really have no idea. I'm just, I, I have an idea, but like, I really don't know the exact path I'm going to go. So if you don't know where your purpose is, this is my first step to you. Find what makes you happy and stop chasing money. Stop chasing fame, chase happiness and chase what you're passionate about. And then the money will come. Then the opportunities will come. But if you're constantly in a scarcity mindset of like, I need to, I need to get a client because I, I need to get this paycheck or I need to do this because if I don't, then I'm not going to you know, get to where I need to be in my life. No, find what you love and the opportunity and the people will come into your life. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's so powerful as well because, you know, it's, I think you just got to have that faith that you will attract what you need over time, right? And uh, it's a little bit like this podcast, you know, I created, I created a half dozen things podcast and it's the only thing I've ever done really like for me. I don't really give, I don't really give a fuck who listens to it. Don't get me wrong. If people are listening, I give a fuck about you and I give a fuck that you enjoy it. But what I mean is like, if people aren't enjoying it, that's fine. Right. Because I'm doing this. It's kind of like the only thing I've ever done it. Like even when I've built my business and growing my business, it's been about the money. So it's been about having to make money, to be able to put food on the table to live to survive it's like a job right yeah and i'm really really passionate about it but at the same time i've had to build it in mind of other people and other people finding strength in it and and other people supporting it and wanting to be involved and and i'm really passionate that we offer something that other people can get from that but in doing so i have to sacrifice a little bit of me because i have to dilute me to be able to make that a commercial a commercially viable thing Whereas because the podcast isn't a commercial a commercial thing for me, I don't really need to worry about it because it's not putting food on the table. So for me, it's like I just do what I'm passionate about. I say what yeah. I think and, and can be really passionate about it and kind of just, I don't know, unshackle myself a little bit and, and yeah. be able to talk about the things I want to talk about and have who I want on it like yourself, you know? 
not yeah. without fear of what anyone else thinks. I love that, man. It's so important. Like, and I love mo- like, don't get me wrong. Money is an amazing motivator and amazing tool. So I, I want to go back to money really quickly. I'm not the person who doesn't think about money. I think about money all the time because I know what it can do for not just me, but for me to help impact in order to impact millions of people, you need to have some money. You can't just, I mean, yeah, you can use your voice, but if you really want to get into where you want to be, if you really want to help people, you need to start acquiring some money in your life. And what I'm saying though is, is don't sacrifice your happiness for money is what I'm trying to say. It's all I'm trying to say. I'm not saying you can't use money as a motivator. I'm not saying you can't use money to push yourself forward. All I'm saying is you can't use money to cancel out your happiness. If you're going for something that's going to double your income, but you're going to be fucking miserable the rest of your life, why the hell are you doing it? What's that, what's that, what's that one vacation a year or that little fancier car that's going to boost your, your, your little ego up because your friends look at you that you have a, you know, a Mercedes instead of a a fucking Honda Civic, you know, who who gives a shit? You don't even care about them anyways. You're not even focusing on them. You're focusing on other people that really need to hear you. So my thing about money is make as much of it as you can and give away as much as you possibly can to the people you love or to the people who need you at the end of the day. Buying material things is cool, but real happiness is going to come from when you give it to other people and, and um, you know, you use it for, for good and use it for experiences. So I just wanted to talk about that real quick because I didn't want to make money to be a bad thing. I think about it all the time and I use it as motivation, but I don't use it as my happiness. That's all. Yeah, definitely. I think it's about contribution, isn't it? Rather than, mm-hmm. rather than sort of what you can take, it's about what you can give by receiving. So by receiving, you're able to, to give more, aren't you? So um, I think I think for me that that's what it's all about is that, you know, the reason that I want to do well in life is because I want options and freedom for my family and I want options and freedom for the people that I can help through doing it. And uh, I guess that's not a completely selfless task because I do it for my satisfaction because I know that will make me happy. But you're absolutely right. You know, don't get me wrong. Like I'd like a Lamborghini the same as the next guy, right? Hell yeah. But you need to be, you be, you do, but have a Lamborghini that you deserve not to flash off and flaunt to your friends to make you look better. Do a Lamborghini mm. because you fucking deserved it because you went out and actually impacted the world and made something of yourself. Hell yeah. I want a freaking McLaren. But if I, if I had a hundred million dollars in my account, I would be in a lot nicer house and I have a lot nicer cars, but I'd also be giving away a lot more money yeah. as well. So yeah, you know, right. Totally. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, cool. So, what's a what's a what's your big goal, man? What's your big goal? What what is it? What is the one thing if you can achieve anything? What's it going to be? Yeah, um, my mission is to, like I was telling you, I want to impact one million. I want to impact one million families financially whose young adults have been impacted by cancer in my lifetime. Wow. And I'm not saying it has to be buying houses and all that, but I can somehow help them financially in some situation, 1 million. I, it's massive goal, but you know what? Yeah. I need to create massive goals in order to get to them. You know, I don't know when that's going to happen, but when I do, I get chills. And I know when I get chills, that means something in my life. When my heart starts pumping, when I get emotional about shit like this, I know that, that this isn't just me. Like this is my, this is my faith in, in, in you know, my higher up telling me, listen, Matt, keep pushing forward. Yeah. You'll be amazed at what can happen. So um, you just never know where life's going to take you, but you know, at the end of the day, have a massive, massive dream that in the beginning, you're the only person that's going to believe in it. Nobody else is going to believe in it. When you have such big dreams that nobody else believes in, you know, you're on the right path. That's all I look at it. When, when I, when I tell them to people and they're like, well, Matt, there's no way I'm like, well, that's you. That's your perception. That's your idea. That's what you think. 
keep living your small life where you live day to day, um, living with society and, and, and going to your, your nine to five job and, and complaining about what your boss told you. I'm not going to do that. Sorry. I get pissed off sometimes, <laughs> but no, it's the truth. I love it, man. Like, I love it. It's so, truth. it's so cool. I love it. I love it when people say you can't do something because do. when I hear, when I hear you can't, I always think that means I don't know how from whoever's saying yeah. it, right? Because someone goes, you can't do this. That's them basically saying, I don't know how, which means, well, I know how I'm going to do it. So whatever, you know, and I might not be able to do it right today, but you know, I think people underestimate what they can achieve over a long period of time. They, uh, they maybe overestimate on a short period of time and then underestimate what that impact can have, having continuous action. People live in the micro, not the macro. That's how I look at it. People live for the instant gratification. They, le- they live for the now. They live for they want to impress people immediately because of their own ego instead of saying, hey, look at me now. That's fine. I'll see you in 20 years, MFR, and we'll see where we're at then. I'll see you, I'll see you in 10 years and see where we're at. I'm playing the long game. I'm playing the game where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat shit for the next five to 10 years and live in a you know, 600 you know, a dollar a month apartment and, you know, have a beat up car for the next five to six years so that I can live the freedom because everybody wants freedom. If there's one thing I could tell people that's going to bring them happiness, it's freedom. It's freedom. They, they can do what they want with the people they want, live the lifestyle they want, do the things they want, travel to the places they want, but they're not willing to make the sacrifices to do it. And I am, and I know you are. And I know that, you know, the more you're willing to sacrifice in your life, the more you're going, the more opportunities you're going to get. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I I heard a saying the other day about discipline. Discipline is sacrificing what you want now for what you really want. Love that. That was really powerful. That that resonated with me the other day. Okay, nice. So tell me me a bit more about from a sort of an importance of you achieving your goals. It's really important that you keep yourself in like a mentally and physically healthy state. So tell me sort of what you do on a daily basis to – Obviously, we know that you do your exercise and that there's some meditation and stuff as well, but maybe explore a bit more about your faith and, and, and sort of how you keep yourself on that straight and narrow and keep yourself in a positive mindset because obviously it's a bit difficult when people are telling you no and that you can't do stuff. Yeah. Okay. First thing is starting off with your morning, right? I have a killer morning routine that you like, I think is the best one out there just because, and I'll share it with you. I love it. I think it's, if you can stick to it, I'll be honest, I don't stick to it every day, but when I do, my day's 10 times better. I'll tell you that, 10 times more productive, it's 10 times more efficient. So here's what I do. I wake up, I get a full glass of water, I hydrate myself because your body after 10 to 12 hours, you know, or eight hours, whenever the last time you drank, you're dehydrated. So you, you refill your body, you replenish your body, take my vitamins, brush my teeth. Next thing I do, I don't look at my phone for the next 30 minutes to an hour. I don't look at it because guess what? You're the most alert when you wake up, I know you seem like you're groggy and stuff, but really your brain is actually most alert because it doesn't have all the distractions from your day. It's kind of like in a reset mode. So by looking at your email, by looking at, you know, I know so many people have mental health issues because the second they look at that phone and they see social media, they see people with flashy cars or they see all this stuff going on and then they look at their email and they see all of these problems they have to face throughout the day. Immediately they go into panic mode or anxious mode, stress mode, all this shit. Don't look at your phone for 30 minutes to an hour. So what I do instead is I go immediately to uh, meditation. So after that, I'll put on my Calm app. I have a Calm app. I just like that. That's mine. And uh, I find something I like, whether it's relieving stress, relieving anxiety. I do it for 10 to 20 minutes, clear my mind up, and then I do a little bit of visualization. I just close my eyes and I visualize what my day is going to be like or what my future is going to be like. As soon as I'm done, 
either pick up a book or listen to a podcast. Because guess what? Your, your brain can retain so much more information when it has a clear mind. So by doing meditation, you have a clear mind now. So obtaining that information is going to be so much more key, so much more vital. So I either read or I do some type of meditation, or I mean, uh, some type of podcast. After I'm done with that, then I try to get my body moving. Try to get it somewhat active. Get your body active. Get your body moving. You don't have to, you don't have to go like for walks or anything like that, but you can you can if you're willing to do a workout, do a workout. If not, here's another here's another option. Take a cold shower. It doesn't have to be like a 10 minute cold shower. I know people are like, screw you, Matt. I ain't taking no cold shower. But for any of you who dare to take one, first, not only will it wake you up and give you 10 times more energy throughout your day, it also helps boost your immune system as well. It improves your immune system. So I, I forget, but there's been scientific evidence that taking cold showers really does help you with um, you know not getting colds, things like that. So you know I don't take cold showers every day, but if I really feel like it and I need to get some energy in me, I'll take a cold shower and shit. That thing's like getting a cup of coffee in me. So instead of having to take caffeine, I just take that. So after I'm done with that, then I replenish myself with with really healthy micronutrient dense foods. I do smoothie. I love doing smoothies because the first thing you want is something that's easily digestible in your stomach. You don't want to be putting massive like steak and eggs and with all these hash browns and stuff like that. It's just going to bloat your stomach up. You're going to feel tired. You're going to feel groggy. Get something in you that's micronutrient dense, such as fruits, put in berries, put in, I love blueberries, blueberries are my go-to, but put in some berries, put in a lot of vegetables, anything high in fiber, like spinach, broccoli, kale, mix it with almond milk or whatever it is. I do protein powder as well. Get a lot of micronutrient dense foods, put that in your body and it's going to help your brain and it's going to help your body to start getting in a good state and a good flow as well. So that's my, that's my start to my morning. And when I, and when I'm able to do all of those, I am so much more productive and I'm just in a better mood because it's like, I've already accomplished something today. Also, I forgot to say this too, my bad. After I'm done brushing my teeth and, um, you know, drinking, if my girlfriend isn't sleeping still, I will make the bed. So making the bed is so big because it's a task that you can complete that isn't like crazy hard. And a lot of the times we get so stressed is because we feel like we have to get these massive tasks done throughout the day when really it's like, just by cleaning and doing something and keeping yourself organized and neat and doing a little task like making your bed, it gives you that satisfaction and it gives you that boost of energy of like, okay, I've completed something throughout the day. And it just allows you to have a good step in it forward, you know, moving, moving forward in your day. So that's really my morning routine. It's really helped me um, give it a try for sure. And I think yeah, it'll make it. a massive difference in your day. Love it. I reckon I'm going to give that a go, you know, little bit Definitely, of meditation, a little bit of meditation in the morning. Uh, to be fair, I'm it's really huge. bad. I'm like, I'm like straight on my phone, you know, coffee, kettle on, checking my bank balance. That's probably the first thing I check, you know, and, yeah. and that's, that's not because I've got thousands and thousands of pounds in it. It's cause, just because it's like, oh my God, what's going out today? And have I got enough money, yeah. there, you know? <laughs> check it in 30 minutes instead, man. You can yeah. start with 30 minutes and it'll, it'll make your day better because at first you'll be constantly thinking, okay, what's on my phone maybe, but by doing the meditation, by learning, doing all these things, it gives you just a sense of accomplishment before you go into all these distractions. Your phone is a distraction. It's also a good thing. It's a very positive thing too, but, but it can be a very big distraction. As soon as you open that thing, it's just like everything comes back into your world. So Love really it. think about that. Love yeah. it. And what um, I, I heard you listen to podcasts. So obviously other than um, the biggest podcast of all half dozen things, which I record. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what what podcast do you recommend? Love it. <laughs> oh man okay so for business um if you're okay with a bunch of cursing but it's like a lot of uh, it's a great podcast i love andy frisella um he's got what's called the um real af 
podcast. It's all, it's a lot of it. It now is kind of about what's going on in the world, but it's also about like getting your mindset right, things like that. I love that one. Um, I love Ed Milet. Ed Milet was the person who got me started in this journey. He has just what's called the Ed Milet podcast. He brings on amazing guests, amazing, not just entrepreneurs, but people all around the world, sports athletes, um, you know, scientists, um, mental health experts, all of these people. So he brings those people on. And then my other one that I listen to as well a lot, I listen to Tom Billu as well, which is Impact Theory. Impact Theory is a great one too. So if you haven't heard of Impact Theory, go check it out. Another absolutely incredible podcast. I love listening. I really listen to entrepreneurial podcasts because that's what I want to do. So um, if you're looking, but it's not just about business, it's about mindset, it's about taking care of your body, all of those things. Love it. Love it. Give them a go, man. I'll have a listen cool. back and give them a go. Right then, we've nearly run out of time. Just finally, Matt, just explain to the listeners where they can find you, where they can find your work, you know, what channels are you on? Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. So you can first find me on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook is just Matt Odie, M-A-T-T-O-D-E. And then Instagram is Maddie Odie, M-A-T-T-Y. O-D-E. And then uh, LinkedIn, same as well. If you want to check me on LinkedIn, Matt Odie. And then I also have a YouTube channel too, where me and my girlfriend, we have to get back to it, but we were doing a, um, it's called Dating After Diagnosis, where we do a show together, where we kind of explain each other's viewpoints of my journey and her journey too. So it's not just like what I went through, but how did the other person go through it too? Because a lot of the time she had to go through a lot more mental challenges than I did because she was there every single day and she knew what was going on and, and had to face that. So big, powerful uh, message there. So yeah, that's pretty much it. If you ever want to, um, if you're ever looking for a speaker or somebody on your podcast, please go check out my website. It's mattodspeaks.com. That's it. Mattodspeaks.com. You can book me there. I'd be happy to hop on a call and um, work with you. And if you're ever looking for a coach as well, you can you know message me on social media. Top man. Thank you very much, Matt. Really, really appreciate it, mate. Appreciate really, you really having appreciate me on. It. Yeah, no, thanks for thanks for coming back. And hopefully this one's going to save because oh, we've absolutely smashed it, right? So <laughs> we'll uh, cr- We always crush it. We always crush <laughs> it. So, uh, right, listeners, thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. You know, if, you've, if you have, please leave us feedback, subscribe, share it with your friends. Um, you know, let's just share the love, right? Because do you know what? Yeah. People, are, people are having all sorts of struggles and we're here to just make things better for them and to tell them it's going to be okay, right? So, uh, yeah, really appreciate it. Thanks for joining me, Matt. Um, take care, catch you soon man i really hope you loved today's episode and if you did please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too please do share it across your social media channels we hope to reach more and help more people if you want to find out more about me my name's pete rushmer you'll find me across any social media channel and my business flagship partners and we're your partners in success across your business thank you see you again soon